everyone, and welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a pretty good, good one for you here today, even though there's not much coming out, but uh, always something to get into, it seems like. Uh, before we do, want to remind you folks, please follow us on Twitter, if not already doing so, at Talking Tigs. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast and all of our good content is on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, before we get going, just want to check in with the co-host, see how you guys were doing. Wasn't really, you know, d- didn't seem like too big of a week, um, but I don't know. How, how is it for you guys? You know, doing great. Uh, just another day in the life, you know, day in the life of uh, kind of opening things back up and getting, you know, getting back to normal, th- normal everyday life. You know, I went to the uh, went to the Alan Jackson concert uh, out about, 30 minutes outside of mobile this weekend fun fact he uh he did a uh he did you know the song where i come from which is like the one of his big songs and during that he had like this montage of like you know southern stuff or whatever cuts to sec sec like logos first logo lsu (laughs) so you know (laughs) me and my girlfriend were there we were about the only people in this like it it was a drive-in concert so like there was just a sea of cars we were the only we all we both were like yeah (laughs) when the when the lsu uh logo came up then the next one one. the next one was like a bama logo and like we were absolutely drowned out so um you know we were there representing glad that alan uh you know knows who's the who's the king of the sec is at this point um but you know that was pretty cool to see so that's what's going on with me very cool yeah i wasn't too busy this past week i, I was in baton rouge over the weekend it was uh, had a pretty good time went to the old top golf that they they built i guess it was about a year and a half ago at this point had a good time there it was very hot but uh, it was pretty much packed everybody was out and about and uh, so i guess that's good people are returning to having some fun these days and yeah that's about it just enjoying things oh yeah and i got to plug the tiktok once again follow us talking tigs on tiktok we have over 1500 followers now uh just keeps growing and growing uh justin jefferson continues to like our videos so if it's uh, good enough for him it should be good enough for all of you lsu fans out there thanks jettas <laughs> that's right uh it's good enough for jettas that's funny uh all right well um not uh again not not too much what What sorry sorry to cut you off scott another another i I almost completely forgot um an up another important life update from yours truly i signed up um in i want to say february to participate in a joe burrow signing uh like a uh, joe burrow you know like autograph signing and of course, it was canceled because of the coronavirus. It was supposed to happen in April. Then they pushed it to May. Then they scrubbed it and like said, like we got to rethink this. So after, gosh, I don't even know. After six months of trying to get this poster that I have signed by Joe Burrow and many failed attempts, I was I missed him by God. I think it was like twenty minutes when I, I had a meeting with a, with one of my professors who was like good who worked with him on his Heisman speech. We, we missed each other by like 20 minutes. No joke. Like I was, I was walking in the door. He was walking out. Um, then like, I like had almost had the opportunity to get it signed. And like, I had, I gave the post to the right people. We thought we got it to the right facility. 
nothing. So now, uh, you know, third time's the charm, and of course, this almost gets canceled. Well, officially, I uh, they they redid it. It was a it was a like a signing at his house. He mailed it all in. So I I mailed my poster in, and in the next like I don't know, I'm, I think like you know two weeks or so, I should have a nice uh, framed poster of the Heisman Trophy winner with the signature and everything. So nice. that's, that's, you know, that's what's happening with me. Uh, I, I thought for a second there, when you said some big personal news, I thought you were going to say you got engaged or something like that. Oh. Like, <laughs> what? Go ahead, buddy. I, I, I got engaged to, I got engaged to, uh, to my Joe Burrow poster. <laughs> you got engaged at the Alan Jackson concert. Cool. Jackson. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, Good, good news, Tommy. I can't wait to see it. Uh, that, that'd be some, uh, I don't know, do a TikTok video. Probably get some likes. Um, but moving on to some news. Uh, it's mostly recruiting news. So for that, I'm going to toss it on over to our senior recruiting correspondent, uh, and Daniel, to, to catch us up on what happened this week. Yes, sir. So uh, there wasn't anything too gigantic this week, but the uh, the biggest news was Walker Howard, a sophomore actually in high school, quarterback out of St. Thomas More in Lafayette, Louisiana, committed to LSU this week, which is pretty big. He's the number three pro style or dual threat quarterback, excuse me, in his class, and is actually the son of former LSU starting quarterback uh, Jamie Howard, who is with the Tigers, I think in '92 through '95 ish. Yep. And like at the time was uh, one of the kind of most prolific passers in LSU history. I think he struggled with injuries a little bit, which prevented him from kind of being like the best of the best. But yeah, his son Walker is um, coming on up and is one of the biggest prospects at the quarterback position. So good to kind of secure that future. And I mean, a lot can happen in two years. He's only a sophomore, but you have to think with the tradition and the location, he'll continue to be a, a strong and hard commit for LSU and continue to recruit for them. He actually wasn't even the starter for St. Thomas Moore this year. The starting quarterback who led them to a state championship just went to, or is going to Louisiana Tech to to play. So he was kind of under his tutelage, but he'll have the reins in the fall. Hopefully when they get back, so it'll be exciting to see his highlights. But, Daniel, did, did his dad play with your uncle? Ooh, that's a good question. Actually, I think maybe yes. Um, I have a, a relative who played football in the O-line for LSU in the, in the 90s. I'm not quite sure the years. I'll have to fact check that, but that would be cool. Yeah, maybe we can get him on the pod. Uh-huh, tell some old war stories. <laughs> that or or we can get – maybe we can get uh, the kid on the pod too. <laughs> That's true. Walker, uh, come on the pod. Um, He's probably too cool for us. Generation Z. Uh, But, and then other than that, we uh, had one player decommit from the class of 2021 as a safety Dakota Mitchell out of Florida. And he, yeah, just, I guess, decided to, to look elsewhere. He said he was reopening his recruitment. And a lot of people think that now university of Florida is the leading candidate to get him, but that's understandable. We already had another safety in that class and we're expected to get Sage Ryan from Louisiana. Who's I think the number three safety in the country. So he might be moving into that spot, but uh, that was mostly it. I tried to find some, some Walker Howard highlights on YouTube, but couldn't really find much. So I'm looking forward to seeing him really shine uh, coming up this fall. Well, I guess if he, if he was behind the, uh, 
behind the starter who went to tech, like he probably didn't get much get much playing time. Yeah, I think mostly just mopping up. I saw a few clips of him like in some camps, like doing throws, but mm-hmm. it was hard to get like the the real stuff. Yeah. I saw one. I saw I saw a re- recruiting video. It, it was pretty good. It showed him. It uh, you, you guys probably think I'm Homer on this, but it 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 kind of gave me a few flashes of uh, you know some some Joe Burrow potential because he could run it as well as throw it, and like he could uh, throw it while running too. Just just some of the video that I saw. Um, it's out there. And he actually looks a lot like Joe Burrow. If you look at a picture <laughs> yeah. of this guy, he looks like Joe Burrow, like at 16, basically. Right. So if that's any indication, then, hey, um, you know, we could have Joe Burrow 2.0 here. And I know you were probably kidding, Daniel, but I, I don't think he would be too good to come on because part of his recruiting, he put out a video, uh, part of his commitment, I'm sorry, he put out a video. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was also dedicated to to his mother, whom he and uh, Jamie, well, his whole family lost to, cancer probably a couple of years ago mm. uh so i think he's probably you know he's he's been through a, a you know a good amount at his age uh, i can definitely relate to that so he i think he's probably a little bit more grounded than most recruits might be you know mm-hmm. just because of, of what he's been through plus he's you know he's got his dad who who's played at lsu before so i think he would be pretty grounded i think he'd love to come on to talk and takes and i just i just fact checked it so uh, yeah, Jamie Howard played 92 through 95, and my uncle, uh, Mike Duplantis, he was a senior in 92, so they did, actually did play together for, for one year. So that's pretty cool. Right on. Cool. We have them both on. <laughs> I mean, can, can we just talk about also, like, with this recruitment and then, I mean, with this commitment and then, of course, the, the Caleb Williams sweepstake and then the Garrett Nussmeyer commitment and then all the quarterbacks we already have on the roster, um, I mean, we're ha- we're really accruing some great quarterback talent. Probably, you know, probably like we haven't done in the in the past. You know what I mean? Like, I know we had we had some good quarterbacks coming in. Of course, some of them never even played quarterback, like Russell Shepard. But um, I, 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 you know, are we? Is it is it fair to say that we're becoming the ne- the new Oklahoma? Move over, Lincoln Riley, Coach O is the quarterback whisperer. <laughs> Hashtag quarterback school. Hashtag QBU. Yeah, I think that'd be more to uh, Insminger uh, or just Burrow's success, but it could be. Uh, I mean, we I think we need more than one in a row. Yeah. So, so uh, definitely. But uh, I mean, and it's not you know that LSU didn't try. I mean, uh, they got Russell Shepard, who you who you mentioned. It, it didn't pan out, but I think at the time he was you know one of the top three dual threat QBs. Same with Brandon Harris. I think Brandon Harris time. and Anthony Jennings were both highly touted quarterbacks. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, just for whatever reason, the, the system wasn't working for them or vice versa, but, you know, whatever. Again, but, you know, stats stats to numbers, it doesn't matter once you get to the field. Um, maybe they just, you know, just didn't pan out. That happens with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him. Uh, you know, should he ultimately come to LSU? Because, I mean, how often has uh, – a guy that played at LSU and did well as quarterback, then his son comes to play at LSU and does that. I don't, I don't know if they've quite had that before. He kind of um, like a Bo Nix scenario. Right. Right. Um, and uh, speaking, I don't know, speaking of, uh, you know, recruits and we could even toss, talk about transfers. Um, but we, we had saw that Chuba Hubbard kind of flowed with the transfer portal or any, he actually just kind of 
said he was going to uh, abstain from, you know, team activities, uh, f- I guess, for the time being. I- I'm not quite sure because it just it just came out today. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Something happened at o- Oklahoma State. I did some research. I have a thinking of what it might be. Um, uh, there was something online that said it was uh, a move by Hubbard was kind of in protest to a, a T-shirt that Mike Gundy wore. I don't know if that's true because I, I haven't seen anything specifically from Hubbard stating what specifically it was. I think he just he just said he was going to abstain from activities for the time being, right? Yeah, he, he he didn't really commit to saying like, "All right, I'm out," but he just said that he wasn't going to participate any further until I think he said like changes are made or like kind of the atmosphere changes at Oklahoma State. So there's probably some things maybe. I guess I should say maybe not probably things going on behind the scenes that we don't really know about, but uh, kind of the picture that he was talking about, Mike Gundy was in a t-shirt with the logo of a conservative news site on it. And there wasn't, that was it. There wasn't really any, any statements or any like advocating for certain things, one or the other. And then uh, Hubbard came out and said this just a few hours later. So you have to think they're kind of connected, but he's really one of the biggest stars in college right now even though he plays for Oklahoma State he had over I think 2,000 yards rushing last year like 20 touchdowns or something so that would obviously be a huge blow to Oklahoma State in the college football landscape and this type of thing could go on if with all the uh, kind of political change and climate right now players sitting out looking for things uh, I think that there's more going on at the pro level than college but yeah we could definitely see more stuff like this in the future. Yeah, and you got to wonder what kind of uh, you know impact that could have because, I mean, if if it is true that that's what uh, you know Chuba was responding to is his coach wearing a T-shirt of a you know a certain company. That's, uh, I mean, it's it is probably you know if this would have happened six months ago, I don't know if that really would have had the same effect. But uh, I guess it's just where we're at now. But I don't know. What do you think that would say going forward? Because. Um, she was on the team. Like, it would take a lot for him to just pick up a move. Plus, it would be a huge statement. But that's that's one issue. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe he's just trying to send a message. But, you know, think about the recruits that are still trying to decide. Like, if, if they felt strongly in, in the same way, um, you know, you could lose a recruit. You know, I could send them somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know if we've kind of heard this yet in, uh, in college football recruiting transfers or otherwise. But um, I, I don't know. Do you think that could, uh, could kind of start to – play into someone's decision it's like what their what their coach believes personally is is how you would decide to to pick a team to you know go play football and continue your career um i don't know tommy do you think it's uh i don't think that's something that could just be for right now or you think that was something that could possibly be considered for the future going forward um i think probably a little bit of both uh i you know i think that we don't, I don't know much about Mike Gundy as a person. And, you know, I don't know. I, I know him from football. I know him. What? I know he's a man. I'm a I man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know him. You know, I don't know what he's like in the locker room or what he's like when he's recruiting people. Um, but, you know, I think that's what wins. And that's why I, you know, that's why I think Coach O wins. And that's why I think, you know, like it or not, Nick Saban wins. He's they're able to say all the right things and and conduct a program that makes players want to come there. And you know, 
Oklahoma State's been a reasonably successful program in the Big 12. Not They are clearly not an elite program. They haven't competed for a college football playoff spot. Um, they've been in a conference that's basically a one-team conference, you know, with, with uh, Oklahoma being at the top. And so I can see where uh, – if you're playing for a school where, you know, if it's not the most elite program, you know, maybe there's something about him that, uh, that he, you know, maybe he's very outspoken when he goes in the living room or maybe he's very outspoken in the locker room about his, you know, his political beliefs or something like that. I can see where that would get on a player's nerves. It's like, I'm not here to play. I'm not here to talk politics. I'm here to play ball. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's all speculation. So if it's, I think that if it's just over a t-shirt, if, if he's mad that he's wearing a t-shirt and that's the reason he's going to leave or whatever, um, I think that's kind of dumb, I guess to each his own. Although I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit more to his um, uh, disillusion with the Oklahoma state program. And that this is more of the, ex- the excuse to, you know, this is what he's going to say is like, you know what? I'm fed up kind of, I don't know. Yeah. You wouldn't, want to play for a program where you feel kind of discriminated against in any way or just uncomfortable at. And I could understand if, if that type of thing is going on, like you said, we don't really know. There've been some stuff coming out this past week about the university of Iowa football program. I don't know if either y'all heard about that, where Mm -hmm. that may have been going on. And then, so like, like you said, you would hope that a coach and the staff would be able to kind of put aside their personal stuff and then get down to business on the football field. And if, if I was a player, I could look past something that I would disagree with from the coach or whoever, as long as they respected me and I would respect them and we could just play football. Uh, but if something stepped over the line, then yeah, that's not a place I would really want to stay at. So we'll have to see how this unfolds and if more players kind of continue to come forward with issues like this. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting too, because while, while we guys were talking about this, I just remembered uh, you know, Tommy Tuberville, um, coached Auburn for a long time. He's uh, running for the Texas, U.S. Senate. Texas Tech. Yeah, he's running for the Senate seat in Alabama, and he's you know he's not ashamed to voice his beliefs at all. Uh, so I'd say he's pretty pretty staunchly conservative, and you know it's that bodes well for him in Alabama. But uh, you know I just remembering his time as coach. I don't think he ever came out and said anything at all. Uh, you know about his political beliefs, and I think that's probably you know the best way to play it. Play play it close to your to the vest, as yeah. they say. Um, cause you know, if, if he was running around talking about some of the things he said, uh, you know, when he was trying to recruit some big guys to Auburn, uh, you know, I, I just don't know if that would have worked out well for him. Who's to say, you know, cause maybe 18 year olds don't care at that point, but you know, maybe their family does, who knows? But, um, well, it's yeah. just a, there's a time and place for everything. And when you're running for the U.S. Senate, that's the time and place to tell everyone your beliefs because that's what matters. Yeah, and I think a lot of that kind of plays in the thing that everybody talks about, uh, having the mutual respect and then just kind of the family atmosphere of some programs to where that sense of family really elevates the team to the next level because you can depend on the guy next to you and the guy above you and the guy behind you. And like it's ever just one team really and you don't have any rifts going on. I think – LSU, obviously, like you said, I don't play football there, but I would like to think that's kind of going on generally. And especially with this past team, they seem to express that throughout the winning season. And then it helped them to go on to win, obviously. So that's something that can really make or break a great team. Uh, One more little tidbit of football news. Uh, LSU lost a defensive analyst 
Caleb Young, who, who mostly worked with the linebackers uh, last year, he is going to join Dave Aranda at Baylor uh, on his staff. So uh, I guess good luck to him. Aranda, Aranda pulled another one over with him, uh, but that's fine. That happens. That happens in football. Um, and one other football note I wanted to mention uh, just kind of goes along with what we were talking about. It, there was something that came up about Ohio State uh, uh, putting out some sort of not really a a contract or disclaimer that they wanted the players to sign. Uh, but it was basically more of like a, I guess, a, a, you know, a promise, um, an oath of some kind for the players to adhere to away from the football, you know, operations uh, of the school. I guess, you know, they could do what they can on campus. Uh, they can follow guidelines. They can be as safe as they want, especially, you know, if all they're doing right now is individual workouts and, you know, it's just a bunch of guys sweating in the weight room. Yeah, you, you got to think about that stuff. But I guess they're trying to address all these off-campus activities that uh, football players like to get into, which could be, you know, going to a pool party or going downtown to a restaurant slash bar. Who knows? Um, but I don't know. It was interesting. They're saying, you know, we're not we're not basically having these li- these players sign away any sort of liability waiver. It's basically just uh, more or less an oath we want them to take to – just think about these things when they're you know outside in the world. I mean, I kind of get that. It's yeah. it's kind of weird. It's to have them sign something, uh, but maybe maybe that is the, the legal part that the school wants to go just to say, hey, we covered it, right? It's like sensitivity training or something. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit weird. You said that's why we call it a pledge. We don't look at this as a legal document. It's a Buckeye pledge allows us to help you so if we face a situation, et cetera, et cetera, we can say, hey, you made a commitment, you signed a pledge, your parents signed a pledge, your parents are a part of this. Like, it's just kind of weird to say that it's not legal, but it, they're about to like guilt these people into doing <laughs> something. I don't know. It kind of reminds me though of when, uh, when you know, the LSU players got, would get in fights a lot at Tigerland and then finally Les Miles was like, look, y'all can't go to Tigerland anymore. Don't go. We're done with this. And like, could they really could i mean it was there a way that he could force them to not go no you know like I, if they wanted to go i'm pretty sure that you could just get in the car and go right but they made a commitment they made a pledge and they said you know this team and, and our success as a team is more important than me going out on a friday night or on a you know saturday night or where whenever and so i'm not going to do it um you know i kind of yeah it's a little bit weird the way they talked about it but I guess I get it. Like you're going to need to, they're going to need to be, um, you know, not just Ohio state, but every team is going to need to be, uh, extra cognizant of, um, I guess safety and making sure and keeping their team healthy throughout the entire season. Because for a team like Ohio state, who's, who wants to compete for a championship and is capable of competing for a championship. If one player gets sick and it's the key player, like if it's Justin Fields or if it's, you know, a, a key wide receiver uh, or a defensive, uh, you know, defensive back or something like that. That could be your big team former right Ohio now. State player got sick today. They announced that Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, has COVID nineteen, and so we'll have to see how that plays out for the Dallas Cowboys. But mm-hmm. there you go. Wasn't he at? Wasn't he at Dak's party too? Yeah, Dak <laughs> Prescott was having these like big old lavish parties at his home, just kind of disregarding everything back in the day. And so there's been some memes coming out about Dak, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, has his. So, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It's a pledge. It's a pledge. The, the parents signed it, the kids signed it, everybody signed it. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
<laughs> yeah, but like you said, I mean, they're student athletes and there's kind of some stuff that comes with that. Uh, you basically have to make a decision on what your priorities are. You kind of feel for them a little bit if they're restricting their ability to kind of live a college student's life. But I mean, college athletes have been doing this well, for they a don't, long time. Well, they don't live a state. Yeah, they don't live a student's life anyway. They're, they're right. Yeah. They're, like, I mean, it's not the same there's a lot of privileges that they get and all that stuff. And then, so you just have to kind of make your commitment to your team and say like, all right, if I want to win, this is what I'm going to have to do. And so that's where you separate the the real winners and the real competitors for the guys who are just there to have a good time, I suppose. Well, also, I mean, we're talking about Ohio state. We're not talking about Kent state. Like, you know, like, I don't know if, I don't know if it's that important for, uh, you know, for whoever, for random directional school, you know, University of Southwestern, Arkansas, technical technical college to make a pledge for everyone to not go anywhere because they're competing. But Ohio State, it will be in the it will be in the in the playoff most likely, and we'll have a good chance of uh, we'll have a good chance of of you know playing for a championship. So I kind of I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all get it. Um, well, moving on, uh, there was some, some baseball news because the, uh, major league baseball draft was this week and there were a few tigers selected, um, not in the first round, but, um, in the second round pitcher Cole Henry was taken by, uh, the nationals. Um, and then a little bit later outfielder Daniel Cabrera was actually taken by the Detroit tigers. Uh, it's pretty light year, I guess, as far as, uh, LSU baseball draft goes. Um, there were a couple of free agency signings, though. Uh, catcher Sal Garza went to Kansas City Royals, and infielder uh, Zach Mathis went to the Padres out in San Diego. Uh, so, congrats to all of them. Um, I think LSU's got plenty of talent behind them. Um, but I guess, you know, specifically, uh, you know, losing pitching uh, is going to be hard for the Tigers because it seems like they, they just are having, you know, trouble finding that good starting rotation Cole Henry, you know, it's, I think they expected to lose him, but it's like, who do they replace him with? You know, it's a wait and see approach. Um, Daniel Cabrera was really good. Um, not just in the outfield, but with his bat too. So it's mm-hmm. replacing him. And I think Saul Garza, who was a uh, pretty steady behind the plates. Um, I think there's plenty of talent catcher behind him, but Garza was starting to come around as a pretty solid hitter. Uh, so Hopefully they they can find that with uh, with whoever takes that starting position. And Garza really fell into that kind of leadership veteran role, um, yeah. especially staying after. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he stayed. He he was he chose to stay for this past you know two week season that we got. Yeah, he did. So <laughs> he didn't get to play. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that is whatever. Sorry, sorry, Saul. But um. <laughs> Yeah, like I think that you know that'll be a that'll be a um a hole to fill. Obviously, Cole Henry's a big hole to fill, but um, Garza will be felt as much, and so will Cabrera because especially, I mean, two years ago, and for the like I said, the two weeks that we got, uh, Cabrera's bat was one of the only bats we could really rely on. You know, he 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 had a hot bat, and when everyone else didn't, so yeah, um, yeah you know, good for them. Happy happy that they're going to get to go. Uh, go on to the show hopefully make it to the big leagues um but yeah yeah like we've said like we've said you know multiple times on this podcast lsu has a ton of talent coming in and uh, i think everyone's kind of excited about the future of the baseball team yeah and then the lsu was hoping to have that catcher spot 
occupied by Saul Garza, filled by Drew Romo, who is, I think, the number one high school catcher in the country who was committed to LSU, but he got picked also number 35 overall in the first round. So most people were thinking that if he went first round, he was going pro. And if he went later than that, he would stay committed to LSU. But yeah, the, the Rockies picked him up. So that's unfortunate, but hope he'll ha- go on to have a good career. He actually hasn't announced what he'll do at this point. So if he does flip back to LSU, that would be great um, for us at least. But whatever he decides, we'll have to figure out some other replacement for Garza there. It's so, yeah. it's so hard in baseball because it's, you know, you, you want to, you want to root for these kids to come back to come to LSU and, you know, to say like, Oh, you know, you can improve your draft stock. But when you're picked, when you're picked that early, it's very hard to go up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like take, you want to just take the money while you can and get your development in. And with so much competition that we don't see in, yeah, you don't see it in the NFL draft. You're picking from a pool from basically one pool, but in the major league baseball, you know, you're competing with kids who are, 18 years old, but they've basically been playing semi-pro minor league ball in South America since they were like 15. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's really hard to choose to go to college when you have a, when you have a, a, a substantial major league contract. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe he'll choose his education. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would. It kind of makes you wonder what that dynamic would be like. I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but if a similar situation was going on in football to where like players could get drafted straight out of high school, like how many would still go pro or if you would, or would still go to college, excuse me, or if they would go straight pro and then like how the players would flourish because there's no really like development league for football and you can't really just stick a 17 year old out there and let them get crushed week one. But I mean, if you want to invest in your future, that's obviously a route some teams might like to go for. I, you know, I don't think that, I I think we've talked about it before too, but like, I just, it's not, I don't think it's comparable. Um, I think that, I think that you might see a once in a generation type player do it, but even still, I I think that most of the time they, they would still go to college. They might just go out as sophomores. Yeah. It's just a whole different ball game. Like even from high school to college is a gigantic leap. Oh, yeah. And then and then only the best of the best college players are going to the NFL. So it, it would literally just be a dice roll for any pro team to to use a pick on a high school prospect at that point. And it's like you said, a different ball game. Uh baseball itself is a different ball game, you know, especially with the draft. Uh there's just so many rounds and it's like you can go straight to to the pros from high school, or not straight to the actual pros. Uh, you know, most of them start out in the, the minor leagues, but I think for a lot of them, it depends on, you know, what their signing bonus is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many guys that I've, you know, with LSU recently, it's like, it, I mean, whether you get drafted in the first or second round, wasn't the issue is like what they were going to sign for. I remember one guy saying if he didn't get like at least a million dollars in his signing bonus, or if he didn't sign for like a million or more, he was just going to go to LSU. And it, it's, it boils down to that for these guys, which, hey, you know, I, I can totally understand. Um, but it's just interesting how they, you know, they can, I'm sure their agent has it for them based on their value, but just they, they pinpoint it to like a specific dollar amount to determine whether or not they're going to go pro or go to college and then go pro. Um, must be a tough decision to make, I'd be jealous, <laughs> you know? Millions now or millions later. Who knows? Got to buy your mama a house. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know. That's that's all I had. Do you guys uh, get anything else interesting you wanted to talk about? Not too uh, much. 
I mean, it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk going around right now about uh, Arch Manning going into his, what, I guess, true sophomore season mm-hmm. at uh, Newman. And, you know, I'm, there's a lot of people speculating he's an LSU guy. All we can do is hope. I mean, can you imagine if we, if we, uh, if at one point in our quarterbacks, you know, lineage, we had Burrow and then maybe Miles Brennan becomes a great one. And then, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer, we got, like we said, we got, uh, Howard. Yeah. Howard. Then maybe, yeah. Then you throw in Caleb Williams and then top it all off cherry on the top. You get a Manning in the, in there. Yeah. I was actually the best. I was actually reading an article. I think it was yesterday about how like the most important quarterback for LSU's future is not Joe Burrow. It could be miles Brennan because Mm -hmm. if he steps up and sees, I mean, you can't expect the same level of success, obviously, but even it's like somewhere close then that would, like we mentioned off the top, cement LSU is that quarterback school where we can develop a top prospect and put you to the next level. And so the recruits five, 10 years down the line, like this is a school where I can go flourish, become a Heisman winning quarterback and just go on to the next level. Because if it's just a flash in the pan, then they'll be like, oh, it was just a fluke, which a lot of people are already claiming about LSU. Hopefully that's not the case. But if we keep the ball rolling, then could start some sort of dynasty there, which we can all hope for. Yeah, well, it's really it's really the question of, you know, is this is this for real? Is this success the future? Or are we or did we just luck out and we got Cam Newton? You know, like that it everybody thought that that Auburn was poised to, you know, go on to greatness. And then they realized that, you know, unfortunately, no, well, unfortunately for Auburn fans, no, uh, they had a generational talent who came in and, you know, carried them basically single-handedly to the, to their success. Now I think Burrow is a little bit different because clearly, you know, it wasn't his, he didn't only play one season at LSU. He didn't have instant success at LSU because his first season um, you know, he was great. He was good. He wasn't, he wasn't great. He wasn't Heisman winner. Uh, but Daniel's really right that the, the, the real test will be in miles Brennan. And like we've said before, he doesn't have to be Heisman winner. He doesn't have to be a superstar, but if he can put out, you know, very, if he can put out quality play, and uh you know do a good job with offense be able to implement a new uh, you know and keep this system keep the same sort of kind of run and gun system um that we that we you know rode all the way to the to new orleans last year then yes lsu will be uh definitely thought of as one of the top quarterback schools and i think well it'll pay dividends for years to come and who'd have thought that two years ago Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> or LSU were the, the school where quarterbacks go to die. <laughs> uh, well, at least that's something else Joe Burrow did. He pulled us out of that doldrum of just, you know, not having a good quarterback. Because that's what a lot of guys would say. Oh, LSU, it's it's really good program. But, you know, they're just missing a quarterback. Anytime there's a big game, I like him everywhere except that one position of the quarterback. I mean, that changed the last two years. Uh, and you know, just from what you hear from coming from camp, guys could say, like you said, he he's not going to, he doesn't have to go win a Heisman. I don't think it's probably even going to be, uh, you know, a thought in his or Kojo's mind, but he didn't, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Flynn was nowhere near winning a Heisman when LSU won its last title before this one, you know, Matt Mock wasn't either. Uh, so it, you don't need that. 
we're going to, we just need a game manager, basically. Well, not a, not a game manager because uh, LSU's offense has expanded a lot since those uh, 2000s titles. But you, you definitely just need someone to uh, to distribute the ball. You know, he didn't have to be a world beater. Yeah. But, yeah. We'll see. And with, with the amount of talent that he has around him, the amount of weapons, you know, we're going to, we're going to be able to implement a guy like Eric Gilbert. Who's, you know, if, if everyone, if everyone who's seen him is right, he's going to be the, you know, maybe the greatest tight end ever to play college football. <sighs> um, he's definitely one of the most physically gifted, you know? Yeah. And so we're going to have, we're going to have him. We're going to have, uh, you know, three good running backs in the, in the backfield. We're going to have, uh, Jamar Chase, the Bolitnikoff winner. So he's got all the all the weapons he needs. You know, he just needs to be able to operate the offense. And uh, I actually saw, I actually did see, I saw Miles Brennan the other day at Rouse's. Uh, did not get not get comment from him. He was a uh, he was looking at buying a steak. I was buying a steak. I, we were both looking at you know t- deciding whether to get the steaks from the case or from like the uh, you know like the chilled section where they're kind of like serene wrapped or whatever. I got mine from the case. He got his from the saran wrap section. When I got mine, I instantly questioned myself because I said, well, if Miles is getting him over there, maybe I need to get. So we didn't uh, have a chance to talk, but I could just <laughs> tell, I could tell from being around him that I think he's, you know, he's, he had that look in his eyes, like he's ready to operate this offense. So uh, what can I say? I think, I think he's going to be a success. Yeah. If he's buying it out of cellophane, that definitely tells me he's grounded. Yeah. He's, he's willing to fight. He's not, he doesn't seem privileged at all. Uh, Cause only privileged people by no offense, Tommy, but uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> he's a college kid. That's why he's buying the cellophane. You're out in the working world. You go from the case. That's how it goes. Hey, you know what though? I'll, I'll tell you something. If you're in Baton Rouge, uh, this the the ones in the case i thought it was gonna be expensive like i was like oh man this is gonna be expensive but i wanted to try the dry age type of uh of steaks like i'd never had that before it always looked interesting to me so i said i'm gonna try it uh i go and get one it was the same price as the one in this in the cellophane i don't know why i mean it was cheap like i was like wow it was ten dollars which is like not bad at all it was a good cut of meat like it was very delicious so um you know if you're in baton rouge uh, you know, go, go check out the case. Don't, don't think that the case is too high dollar because it's not, it just looks that way. Right. He's closed. What <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to go back to this really quickly because you mentioned about, uh, LSU having three good running backs. And, uh, I think it was a, just a small topic that we, we kind of glossed over when we were talking about Chuba Hubbard. Um, Let's say, I don't know. Let's say he just takes a step back and looks at it and says, you know what? Hey, I just, I just don't want to play here anymore. I want to, I don't want to play for this guy, whatever it is. Um, and he doesn't want to transfer, you know, hypothetically say he were to look elsewhere and he said, Oh, LSU, they, you know, they, they've had pretty good success with running backs recently. Like what, could you imagine if LSU had like, would they even, I, I guess they would entertain it. You know, if he was looking for a place to play, I don't know why you would, turn down the, you know, the nation's top or one of the top runners. Um, I mean, they, they kind of moved their focus away from, from the backfield, you know, just cause it was open, open it up to passing. But um, I mean, he'd be a great addition, but I couldn't imagine my LSU with, uh, with another super power running back. It's kind of like uh, going back to London for night days or Darius mm-hmm. guys, but I don't think LSU's ever really had like a high, a high end recruit for that position. We have one for quarterback, obviously, We've had him for a wide receiver. 
uh, tight ends with Thaddeus Moss, uh, some defensive guys. We got Jabril Cox coming in, high expectations there. Uh, so, I don't, but I don't think looking back on it, you know, just a little cursory glance, I didn't really see that LSU's had any like running back transfers of that caliber. We usually just uh, recruit them in and they're either ready to go or, you know, they kind of develop. Um, what, what do you think of, you know, would, would, would that even be possible? Let's say Chuba wanted to transfer. It's like, is LSU interested? And uh, I don't know. What, what do you think that would look like? I think that, I think that initially, and this has nothing to do with, with LSU, but I, I would be, I almost want him to try and transfer just to kind of see how it plays out because I, unless he has uh, some real like tangible examples of how he's been wronged, I think it'd be very difficult for the NCAA to, to grant him a transfer, right? Like all these people who are, who are, you know, eligible immediately are typically, you know, Oh, because of uh, the coaches being this way or this reason or this reason, you usually have to give a reason. I think, I don't think it's just like a, they always say like, Oh, free agencies in college football now, but it's not just, I want to leave. So um, I think that would be an issue that he might run into. I'm not sure. Uh, But yeah, if he wanted to go to LSU, I I feel like they would entertain it. I just don't know if that fits, you know, with, with what, with what we want to do. Um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't watched a ton of his, I mean, I've watched him enough to know he's, you know, a top runner, but I don't know much about, um, how his, how his game fits into, uh, you know, LSU's new scheme. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a, well, not sorry to interrupt you, but he's kind of a, like a ball, not ball hog running back, but well, he's, a, he's, State a, typically he's a feature back. Yeah, Oklahoma State typically known as like an air raid offense, but uh, Chuba Hubbard changed that a little bit. He was getting like 25 carries a game last year, just chewing up uh, yards. And so I don't know if that's something that's something LSU would have like loved to have maybe six years ago. But I don't know if we want to pivot to that at this point because he's not like a, a super great pass catching back like yeah. Clyde was. And so I think that's kind of where our offense is transitioning more. So. Um, I think he might do good at like a school like Florida's looking for running back, like Michael P. Ryan left for them, or uh, even well Oklahoma. Well, they run passing offense a lot, but their top running back Trey Sermon transferred to Ohio State, so they have a little bit of a gap there. But that would be weird for him to transfer to their immediate rival. What about a school like Kentucky? I, I don't think he would. Like, if he could transfer, I don't think he would go to Kentucky. It's like if I'm going to go to the SEC, I'm going to go to. Georgia, Florida, half of the SEC West, probably. Uh, I don't know. Unless I see what you're saying, Tommy, because Kentucky runs that kind of weird offense, or at least they did last year with Lynn Bowden, who's like the quarterback slash running back. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of Wildcats. Like, like, yeah, Wildcat, Wildcats. like option every single play. Yeah. Uh, it'd be weird. I just, I don't know. Like, it, it, it would be interesting, you know, once he puts his, actually, you know what, though? I wouldn't be surprised if, if, who's Ohio, would, Ohio State, who who who's their Ohio next State just got back? Trey Sermon, the transfer from Oklahoma, who was their feature back. Oh, you're so, right. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's assuming he keeps his pledge and social distancing. <laughs> he but, keeps his pledge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he signed his life uh, away. Well, I mean, I, I see what you're saying about Chuba maybe not being the best fit, but uh it'd just be crazy to think that LSU would turn down a back like that because of they've overhauled their offense so much. It's like, what a, what a crazy world we live in. It was just two years ago. We'd have thought that's, that could be the answer. Yeah. Um, but I, Clyde Edwards Lair just fit perfectly into the system. And, and I knew he would, you know, just, you just look at Andy Reid's offense and these things the Eagles did. They had these little small, just bouncy, very, very, uh, very fast backs. And 
I don't know. It's like uh, Chuba. It's I don't know. He's he's got to be a feature somewhere. He's I don't think he's going to feel like he's getting wasted back. You know, wasting away because the team definitely has promise, but um, his numbers would go way down. So I don't know if that would matter to him. But uh, I think the competition would be better. We we're talking. You know, the NFL doesn't really have a, a minor league. I don't know. You could say the SEC. The SEC. Yeah, uh, or just you know certain certain. Uh, conferences in general you know they're 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 the minor league uh but i think the sec would be more so than the others but we'll see uh i'd say of course you know if it goes to the sec never rule out auburn they seem to get anybody uh they can't there wants to find a new home um (laughs) yeah but i don't know do you guys uh do you guys uh see anything else or will that will that just about do it for us i think that does it on my end I think that's it. Follow the TikTok. We dropped a great Devin White video that Tommy put together. Uh, it's got over 30K hits. So people are watching. Woo-woo. Follow that TikTok. And that'll do it for us this week on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We'll have some more news for you and some more great insight, as we always do. So uh, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Talking Tigs.